You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle. Uh, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to a wonderful uh, September 11th. Um, hopefully everything's going to be great. It's yeah. 2021. Hashtag <laughs> never forget. There you it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a great day. Nothing's going to happen bad anywhere. So it's just going to be a fun Saturday for everybody. Yeah. Um, it is like really cool and cloudy here and it's kind of mm-hmm. nice. Um, I'm excited. I am going to go see a play today, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. And then, uh, this evening, uh, I'm going to be prepping my game for tomorrow i'm really excited so we'll talk all, all about that uh lots of Definitely. lots of interesting stuff to talk about um well, revisiting fall's coming because my wife has already said we should go get something pumpkin spice so i know it's that time of year when she starts telling me yeah the pumpkin spice must flow <laughs> yes i really we i should design a pumpkin spice uh sandworm you something. should that would be fun a dune play on the pumpkin spice craze yes mm-hmm. It's probably been done, but I'll take a purple worm and I'll reflavor it or something. (laughs) Yes. Um, yes. There was a Christmas DCC uh, module that I ran last Christmas on Indoor Adventures Channel, if you want to check it out there. Uh, And it's it was a lot of fun. But they had uh, in the candy cane mines, there were these candy cane worms that would like attack you and it was just it was really funny so i love stupid things like that which (laughs) halloween has all those kind of tropey funny games and stuff but with dune coming out at the end of the month that would be really cool have you read dune actually have you i did not read the book i watched the original movie that had come out the one that everybody has a love-hate relationship with Mm -hmm. there's a cult following that love that movie there's other people that think that movie is terrible but they love the books um, I did realize that there were several books to Dune. It wasn't just a book. And I, and I never got into his writing style as much as other people had said they loved it. I've mm. heard a lot of people love the books. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I've only read Dune, but mm-hmm. it was amazing. And it's very self-contained. So I think you could read just that. And just uh, let it go. And let it go. And that's what I did. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like, like Lord of the Rings, I guess. Like I finished Lord of the Rings and I wanted more. So I picked up the Silmarillion and I read more and more. But like mm-hmm. with Dune, I was like, that was just a nice, like, I don't think I need more. Like that, that was a self-contained story. It was really good. So I loved nice. the first book and I'm very excited for the movie coming out. Uh, we'll I'm hearing a lot we'll of see. Are. We'll see how it is. Uh, regardless though, it's, it's uh, breaking out. I mean, there was the... Uh, Adam Coble, before he kind of yeah. vanished off the internet, he was working on the Dune RPG with Modifius, and I think that yeah. is out now, or it's coming out soon. It's coming out. I don't think it's out yeah. yet. I've seen it on their website. If you go out to Modifius there, it's coming, I think, pretty soon, probably this year still, I think. Yeah. But check Modifius's website for sure. And I wonder if this movie is going to launch that into mm-hmm. a, a huge thing. Yeah. But I also remember Lord of the Rings, or uh, sorry, Game of Thrones was so popular and, Mm -hmm. but the Game of Thrones role-playing game, I don't know anyone who ever played it. I've never read it either. I love the books. Well, and that's the the thing is like that had a, that also had a cult following and is like really 
a, a, a world ripe for, hey, I want to run an adventure in Westeros, yeah. you know? Uh, yet nobody's doing it, as far as I know. You know so. what that one... That one is what I would have called the Matt Mercer problem. They wrote Game of Thrones so well and the dialogue and the way it's written and how intricate the plot is. As a dungeon master, I can't even think of how I could do that justice. So I'm not even going to pick that up and ruin somebody's experience in the Game of Thrones world by trying because I'm not that good of a writer. I'm not that good at the dialogue. And it's a dialogue-heavy thing you know there's mm. always these conversations going on and there's all of this backstabbing stuff and maneuvering of the houses going on i think you have to have a certain type of brilliant dm to kind of pull that thing off and do it justice or just for me because i would be worried i would just ruin somebody would be like oh this is game of thrones i don't understand what all the hype was i'd be like no no it's my fault <laughs> Game of Thrones is great. I just couldn't run it. I couldn't do it. It's justice. Just like I don't think I could do Matt's world justice. Oh, you would definitely. Could. I don't think I, uh, he does such a great job with his world. I don't know if I could step in and give somebody the exact same quality that they'd be expecting or want from that world because yeah. they watched eight million of the, you know, the. Well, and that's the same problem place. with the Forgotten Realms. Like, oh, I've read every book and I'm going to sit down and then my DM and you're just like, oh, I didn't get that right. You know, but you in feel my bad, head, but Forgotten Realms is everybody's realms. Yeah, because your Forgotten Realms is is near my Forgotten Realms, but they can be different. And so that in my head sits. But when I pick up that IP and it's not right, it's just my brain being wrong. I think, oh, no, it's got to be the way they have it. Just like if I run Aliens, I've got to run it the way Aliens is. You know, the John Carpenter, it's got to be his Aliens if I run it. So for that. But for some reason, I don't think of Forgotten Realms as one author, one one vision. I think of Forgotten Realms as lots of authors adding oh, everything together. Is, yeah. They're like, the, you know, the But what's the difference? And I, I'm not asking the, the literal difference between yeah, these yeah. two, but Game of Thrones versus... Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender because I don't know anybody who cares about playing a Game of Thrones RPG where you would think that is exactly what like D&D fantasy nerds want yeah. but on the flip side everybody wants to I mean this the, that Kickstarter blew up like crazy and so like everyone wants to run around in Avatar The Last Airbender and I know so many people talking about that Timing. people who haven't even watched the show are excited about the RPG just yeah. because it's like what? Timing if we were in season two of Game of Thrones, the hype is building tremendously at that point. Season two moving into season three and, and not getting towards the end yet when it starts to, to, to wane. Um, it's still building. And they were to run a Kickstarter now during season two on today. And they said, here it comes. I think it would explode. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I think it was the timing of when it was popular, it still was before the TRPGs were, had ramped up. Yeah. Because yeah. now anything's popular TRPG wise. It's almost like you could throw anything out there and people are like, yeah, I'll try that on my TRPG book. All right, you know? Lucian, we need to get the royalties for this. <laughs> yes. But okay. I know I have a million dollar Kickstarter right now. Perfect. Okay. Nobody else can take this. Hashtag no. TMTM. Although we have to get royalties, but yeah. The Rocky Horror RPG okay. game. All right. I don't know what it it'll be. be. No idea. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that'll, that'll, a lot of people will want to do that. That could do it. Uh, woof, woof.
Um, My dog agrees. Your dog agrees. So, uh, D&D, let's talk about yeah. news that's happening in the world of Dungeons & Dragons. We have a celebration coming up. Um, the 23rd of this month? Is that correct? That's the preview day. That's okay, the day Thursday, right Friday, Saturday. Like session zero-ish, almost, is the way they were playing it. And then it's the, the events are actually 24th through 26th. Okay, and we're going to have uh, information on... Well, which light will be out by then? Yeah, so, no book announcements because we have yeah, them all. Yeah, but the, it's all focused on which light, which light will be, you know, is is the thing that's out. They're going to be running adventure league games during that that you could play online. It's all online as far as I'm I understand. Besides the um, celebrity games that they're putting together, that I'm sure are going to be running. Um, they're doing the DM contest. Yeah, the Dungeon up, Masters Challenge or whatever. I that's think called. at that yeah. point we'll wrap up um could they possibly give us a a teaser a hint at the end of the the show possibly they do it every year so maybe they hint something that's coming next year that we don't know about yet um which would be kind of cool because we think we know all the stuff that's coming up for now but um but with wizards i mean i was even watching just recently another thing with chris perkins where he's talking about witch light and they had put in um back in Tasha's or back in Volo's or back in somebody's guide, they put in the uh, a helm of despair or something that had to do with something that was going to be prominent in this book. And he's like, we're always putting little things that we know are going to show up later on in books because their timeline of how they're writing things is like two years long. Yeah. So the stuff they're writing right now is going to come out in two years. That's how far of a pipeline they've got going. So it's just crazy yeah. to think of a company that does that. Most well, of us, mo we I think bet of a lot idea. of companies do that, though. In all honesty, yeah, I, I, so. probably. Yeah, if they're not like a Kickstarter or they're not just or like a, or even just creative people. Like I, uh, I watched a. This is a complete tangent, but a long time ago, <laughs> I watched a documentary uh, about Radiohead, the band, oh. and the documentary was filmed when they were touring um their album okay computer but like mm -hmm. you they had these little shots of like tom york on the guitar and he's like basically building a lot of like the songs that were in amnesiac and stuff which was many <laughs> albums later not many mm -hmm. but like you know and so it's like oh he was already working on those like while they were yeah. touring you know and so yeah, yeah. It takes, so I think it takes sense. a lot longer than you think to yeah. really come up with a whole strategy like that. Well, I think but. if you're not kickstarting it, you're not just running one product at a time. They're definitely a company that thinks about a product line. And then they're lot, you know, like you said, they have to really think about that and put how many books are they going to print? They have to know all that kind of stuff. What's yep. the next thing? So that makes total sense to me. So I'm excited. I will probably attend some of it um, just to see what celebrities, sometimes they have celebrities I like. Sometimes they um, have little vignettes of things that you might get some infor interesting information from. Yeah. Probably won't attend the whole thing, but I'd definitely jump in and see a little bit about what's going on and see what they've got. Yeah. The, sure. uh, um, and then we'll have a show on the 25th probably. Yeah. So you can definitely listen to us and see what we're thinking about mm -hmm. it. Uh, yeah. Wild Beyond the Witchlight is out to early review people. Neither of us are those, but uh, there are a lot of channels out there that are already doing videos on YouTube. Uh, Nerd Immersion did a flip through. The Gaming Gang has it. Uh, oh, I forget his name. Uh, Fry's Minis, he has it, and they, he's been oh, doing okay. some videos. So you can search those. 
if you want to see what Wild Beyond the Witchlight is like, uh, mm-hmm. I believe that Wizard sends a letter out with those books now that kind of tells them, hey, if you want to, like, be cool. Don't just give yeah. everything away. Uh, specifically because the gaming gang was uh, literally just going page, page by, by page. page. They yeah, would do yeah, these yeah. really long videos uh, where everyone could see every bit of content and then be like, no, I'm not going to buy that or something. And so, and mm-hmm. Wizards didn't like that. Um but they're back on the list. That's what irritated me is they like they told them they couldn't have something and then it was like, ah. I I still haven't picked up Wild Beyond or pre-ordered Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I really want it to come out. Um and I want to see some good reviews before I pick it up. Uh cuz again, I'm I'm buying a lot of these and I'm not running any of them. And it's like, yeah. I really I still talk about wanting to run Out of the Abyss and I have it, you know, and mm-hmm. uh Icewind Dale looked really good. Although I've been watching Icewind Dale uh Sly Flourish is running through Icewind Dale right now, and he has a lot of grievances with it. And he's oh like, boy. but overall, he's like, I really like it. But he's like, but if I'm paying $50 for an adventure, I don't want to yeah. fix the adventure, which is what he, right. he feels like he's having to do. So yeah. he's going through and he's just like, this is wrong and this should have been this. And it's it's kind of interesting. But he <laughs> was saying that's what happens when you have, uh, well, two problems. That's what happens when you have all of these different writers writing different sections so that they can all come together. And mm-hmm. the other problem is, is playtesting is the same way where I don't think they have a lot of playtests for these that are, let's start at level one, start the same finish. group yeah. and go through the whole thing. What they do is they get, they say, okay, here's your level three characters play this section. And then another group plays this section. So it's balanced, but is it all <laughs> the way through, you know? And, and I'm not sure they, I don't know about their testing process. I'm not in there, but uh, it's interesting listening to Sly Flourish talk about his grievances because I, I kind yeah. of agree in a lot of times. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a Polygon article that came out. Uh, Wizards is obviously leaking stuff to them for some hype and publicity. Uh, and mm-hmm. all it was really is about the two new races. And one of them was the rabbit person, rabbit folk and the rabbit fairies. Folk. Yeah. Uh, but they're not calling them rabbits. They're calling them something else, but I forget what. There's a term for rabbits besides rabbits, right? Yeah. It was rabbit folk in the, um, in the play test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he talks a little bit about uh, fairies and how uh, fairies are small. They're not going to be uh, tiny. So you can't have a fairy that goes through a keyhole unless you cast like reduce on yourself or something. Right. Um, but that was the whole thing is like, well, are your fairies going to be this? But if they, they want to make it ambiguous. So fairy is also, it could be a brownie. It could be all, any of these kind of like mythological, uh, mm-hmm. creatures of that size and temperament and fae like quality. So I, I think that's fine. Uh, you do get wings, which is kind of interesting. So you can have wings and fly, hey, Eric uh, really at a and really it's not broken our yeah. campaign at all. With me having wings. The um, thing is, though, and we'll talk about Adventures League in a little bit, but, like, it yeah. was broken for Adventures League, and you weren't allowed to play Aarakocra in an Adventures see, League. I don't see why it would have been broken. And you weren't allowed to a, play uh, Tiefling variants, but I wonder with this if yeah. they're... That's a misconception, yeah. I think. That's one of those we think it's going to break the rules, but we didn't really play through it to see that it broke. It doesn't the break the rules for you, but <laughs> when... Adventures League is a little different, though. Because they're sure. they're engineering a very specific puzzle, and if that puzzle is bypassed 
without any resources expended, i.e., um, uh, yeah, like without magic, basically, or without a rope that could snap or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. that does break that campaign from what I've told. Because you can't have the DM come up with new stuff. They very specifically have to run the adventure as written because that's what Adventures League is. So, yeah. So I think that was the, but we'll get into a little bit later. It looks sure. like they're lifting that rule. Because yeah, they don't care anymore. Yeah, they have too many flying mean. creatures. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's too many ways for your character to circumvent the pit. Because that's all it ever was. Is If I You're put right, a pit yeah. in, they can fly over the pit, and now it's not really a challenge. Mm-hmm. But we've got Shadow Step and Misty Steps, and we've got all these things that come with just racial abilities. We have, you know, long jumps and pole vaulting and all this other stuff that, you know... People can climb on walls or with mobility and feats. And there's so many different ways that the flying doesn't actually give you anything. And it's actually more dangerous because as a DM, when you hit that thing and it falls, you're getting the D6 damage per, you know, 10 feet of, of height. So for my Aarakocra, I'm never 70 feet up. To take 76 damage. <laughs> because my DM is waiting for that to happen yeah. so that Earth he finds. can Boom. slam me against the ground. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, you're totally conscious of how vulnerable you are when you're that high up and something could mess with you. So you don't do it. You know, you're just, it's not a risk you make. Interesting. Um, yeah, the uh, the rabbits are called herringons. Um, but it, it does specify that they were rabbit folk that are part of the Feywild. So yeah. this is kind of like... I don't know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, of an equivalent, mm-hmm. but I, I guess, like, you're an elf, but you're also a, uh, a ladrin, in a way. So, yeah, like, you're like a rabbit folk, and... but you're a herringon kind of a, a elf or rabbit folk, so. I wonder if it's yeah. going to be like that, but I definitely, I like rabbit folk more than herringon. Uh, but I don't know if you read comics, but uh, Usagi no Jimbo is, yes... And now, Yusagi no Jimbo is a comic about a samurai rabbit, and now I can play a samurai rabbit in (laughs) D&D. And I mm, very, very specifically want to play that character, (laughs) 100%. Yeah, yeah, the fairies look fun. Like, I think you get some magic. You get a... I mean, obviously, we can change any stats we want now with the custom lineage, so it's it's open to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Your creature type is... A humanoid, but it looks like you can choose with the fairy. Um, so you just have to, you can be like a celestial or elemental fae. So you're not on the fae chart. You still get affected by like a whole person or a... Well, no, sorry. This just says uh, creating your character. So oh. it doesn't have specifically, I would imagine the fairy and the uh, Haragon are fae creatures. I would think player character would have to. Uh, I was reading this incorrectly, oh, okay. yeah, but... Gotcha. So, but it'd be kind of fun to play a a small fairy with like butterfly wings and a cigar. Like I'd just be super like, what do you want? <laughs> like a surly. <laughs> but like butterfly. really, really beautiful butterfly <laughs> wings. I think that would be a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Ugly on the inside, but beautiful on the outside. Is that what I mean? I mean, there's somebody who thinks he's beautiful <laughs> on the inside. So. Right. <laughs> uh, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, again, Witchlight releases uh, Tuesday, September 21st. But you, you haven't which bought is- it yet. I haven't you bought usually it. Usually Amazon, so you're you're waiting to hold. I, I am, this is you know, but I I did pre-order Fizzbins and Strixhaven. Like I was really excited enough about those that I pre-ordered them. But uh, but you'll use something from them 
at least I'll, one thing. Whether I'll use that Dragon way more than this. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I didn't see a lot on this that I was, it was too whimsical. I too like Candyland for me. Yeah. For the campaigns that I want to run. And I'm only saying that not that that's bad. It's just not the types that I would like. Exactly. To run. I know you yeah. like that stuff. And I know there's, you know, LB would love to play in that land. Oh, Herring God's apparently humanoid is what people are telling me. So. Oh, all right. So, yeah. So hold persons and those kinds of spells will affect them. Makes sense. Um, so this one did not grab me. But, yeah, Strixhaven has, was one that I will have on the shelf. Uh, Fizzbins I'll have on the shelf because I want to see how much Dragonlance is actually in it. I think there's a lot less Dragonlance than most people are expecting. But um, I like the idea of a book about dragons. If you have a I want a book about dungeons and I want a book about dragons because that's the name of the thing we're doing here. I did. Uh, I did hear that Tasha's has a Tasha has a stat block in uh, Witchlight from what I've heard. She's in the nice. Feywild apparently. So very cool. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Could be really cool. Um, and then uh, the other piece of news, uh, mm -hmm. nothing really else to talk about Witchlight until it comes out, because I, I don't know other than that Polygon article. But uh, there wasn't, was there classes, two classes, two races? I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch. Um, I didn't watch the videos. Ted's I didn't video. have time. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I was busy playing D&D &D last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I so, was busy playing Pathfinder last Well, night. there you go. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, so uh, you sent me this, Lucian. There was mm -hmm. some Adventure League organized play, and they're updating it is what it looks like. New person like. in charge. Yeah. It sounds like somebody's come back. Chris Tulock, he made a blog yep. post on, on yawningportal.dnd.wizards.com. Mm -hmm. um, and basically he was organizing a lot of Adventure League content for fourth edition and a little bit for fifth edition, but like he left uh, and left yeah. in 2015. Yeah. He went to do magic yeah. stuff. So now he's so, back and yeah. he is redoing everything. Uh, and this is kind of an interesting uh, take on it where they looked at every rule and they mm -hmm. had, they wanted to ask the question, is this fun? Like, it, does this rule does make this the game fun? Does fun to the player? Or does this uh, not Or are we just restricting them because we think, oh, that's because. too much. And it's like, uh, you're probably just restricting whatever. Yeah. And so I think this is where the changes are coming in of like, let mm -hmm. them fly. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. a player thinks that's really fun. Will someone abuse it? Maybe. Who cares? But like... That's a problem player. That's, that's not a problem <laughs> function. Like flight yeah. isn't the problem that player is. And I think there's yeah. a lot of things like that in D&D, &D, you know, where like you you give a magic item to uh, someone and they're using it like a jerk. And then their player, their DM says, hey, I didn't actually intend for you to do this. It's kind of derailing everything. Could we like, could could I take it back or could we re rework it so that it works better for you? And then the correct response is, sure, it's your game. Like, we'll work together. The incorrect response is, well, it's mine, and I'm going to do what I want. Your mistake, DM, you know. And that's yeah. a problem player. That's not a problem uh, magic item. we need item. rules for them to fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that that's their mindset, and they're basically going through, and they want to revamp everything. So they, mm -hmm. they created a new Adventures League player's guide 
And uh, it's interesting they didn't link it here. They really were like, you got to go to our Discord. Go to the like, Discord. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah I was, was like, are, you is your Discord that. not getting the love that you think it needs? Because I, I don't hang out there. There's not a lot of, <laughs> not a lot of interest in hanging out there. So I don't yeah. know. Side note to that whole thing that you said, isn't it, wouldn't that be cool? Yawning Portal as their website that was their virtual tabletop, basically their D&D Beyond site that had everything D&D Beyond does, but theirs is called the Yawning Portal, and that's where you go to build your characters and your new adventures, and you can build magic items, and you can build creatures there, and you can build new spells there. You go to the Yawning Portal to do all that stuff. Man, that's that seems like an opportunity they're not... They're missing. I mean, <laughs> having D&D in the name for D&D Beyond is probably more yeah. more people will go there. But I do like the oh, idea nice. of themed things like that. Yeah. So like, yeah. In a, in a portal where you log in, a yawning portal. Right. That would be really yawning good. portal. There we go. There we go. Uh, Jancy says, spoilers, there are no classes in Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Oh, it's strictly okay. an adventure. So another check yeah. mark of why I may not be getting that book. <laughs> yeah, it's, I need it's my options. adventure. Um, so going through this, I opened up the PDF, uh, after I going did. to their discord and mm -hmm. signing up for all of the rooms and stuff. Uh, and I, I kind of went through it, uh, yesterday, but this morning I wrote down the things that I thought was interesting. So number one, these new rules do not apply to Eberron and Ravenloft storylines. So apparently They're though, if you're own. playing, this is Forgotten Realms and... For, well, Forgotten Realms play. at all. But Eberron and Ravenloft have their own character creation and advancement rules, mm -hmm. and it doesn't apply. Okay. So uh, there's that. Like, you're not, you're not going to run around as a rabbit in Eberron or Ravenloft or something. Um, other thing that's interesting is you can opt to skip levels one through four and just start at level five. Okay. Uh, and I, I like it. I, I think that's cool too, but I also, the whole point was like, I, I, you know, like working with your character, but I think a lot of people are just like, I don't want to play level one anymore. You know, like I'm bored mm -hmm. with that. Uh, level mm -hmm. five is also that time where all of your decisions solidify. That's an older rule. So I think that was another reason is I don't yeah. need to play this. Like, do I like this? Do I not? Like, I know what I want. I want to play this. Uh, and you can also get free magic items if you do that. If you take the level five, the idea is, well, you didn't adventure to get any magic items. So here's a list of magic items you can take. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of magic well, items, go ahead. Sorry. As, as coming in as a new player, too, it might give you an opportunity that you can sign up for at any place where they're doing Adventure League gaming, conventions, stores, events, that you could, if you're brand new, First level character, keep it nice and simple and just see how this game even works. Um, or I've played a little bit with my a group. I play, uh, you know, once a week with my group. I'm ready to dive in, but I've never tried to play organized play with others outside of my group. Five might be a good spot because I kind of know the game and I kind of know a character concept that I want to play. But some of those adventures, you know, they can they could offer those one through three adventures at the conventions but they also have to offer the other ones that are like five to seven. And you might, you, your player pool might get bigger 
And now you can fill out more of those tables that are the five to sevens or yeah. whatever that range is because now you've opened that up a little bit more. Yeah, and then people, people can just say, play the content that they've made that yeah. not a lot of people get and to so play. And so one to so. five can still be, hey, I'm new and I just want to dip my feet in. I want to go slow. I want to start from the beginning and kind of build and see what this whole thing's about. They're still, I'm sure they'll still offer one to five tables or one to four tables or three tables when you play those adventures. But then for those that are, I understand it. Now I want to move into it a little bit deeper. I've got my five and move on to the real. Now I'm playing like these cool storylines from convention to convention. Like I go to Gen Con and play the five to seven and then I get to go to PAX Unplugged and I, I do my seven to nine there at that convention. And then I go to my game store because they're running the the uh, 10 through 13, you know, version of the the whole storyline that they're writing out. So it could be very, I could see that helping with filling out those games. Yeah. And you know, I, I haven't done Adventures League in a long time, but the way you're talking now, I wish there was a sign up or something mm -hmm. um, that, and, and I know there is at Gen Con. They talk you, about that in that article. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Cause I would love that my, if my, well, I would love Wizards to organize it because I feel like it can't be, uh, it can't be pressed onto the local gaming store. Like they mm -hmm. don't have the resources and web hosting and all that other stuff. That but, was the feedback that came yeah. back in the surveys was that Wizards needs to help facilitate players finding games. Yeah, Wizards can't expect the workload to be handled by everybody else out there doing it themselves, whether it's game store or convention or whatever to get players with DMs together. They're saying all the feedback has come back is we need tools. We need a website. We need a, yeah. a central place that Wizards has developed and made cool and tested and given to us that brings this stuff together and helps us come and find those things. For like sure. I would love, and then I could, si I would love to sign up and I'd say, Hey, I want to be a player and a DM. Mm -hmm. And then this week they're like, Hey, this week of adventures league, uh, we have more than enough DMS. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll make a level five character and I'll go and I'll play. I'll go on and then next game. week it's like, Oh, this DM's actually going to be gone. Oh, I'll just step in. And if, if it literally is like, you know, you just see like, Oh, Hey, Lucian's running this game yeah. or something. And, the and then I could, could sign up and know who yeah. I'm playing with ahead of time. That would be cool. Yeah. And know that I have schedule. a spot before I show up. <laughs> right. You could schedule your, your play you could say at gen con me and you are going to be in a party and we're going to play this part of the adventure but when we meet up at pax unplugged we're going to play this part yeah. of the adventure and when we meet up at this place we're going to go to this event and we're going to and so we can plan out how we're going to get to play the year's storyline that's adventure after adventure after adventure after adventure and we can kind of plan it out and i think that would be something that people would love to do and because if they can plan it they'll probably do it Right. Versus if you're yeah. just showing up and you're wondering what's going on and you don't know what they're going to be doing. Maybe you have your character, but you don't know if you can get to play further along in the storyline. Maybe they're not going to have well, it was that, so, so many like play. I had problems where I'd show up and they're like, what what level are you? And I'm like four. They're like, you can't be at this table. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, what table can I be at? Well, those are all full. And you're like, OK, yeah, okay. this <laughs> is not as inviting and fun as I want, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a lot of obstacles that they have to overcome to try to do it. So I get that part of it, but I think they need to take a more active role than they have. Like if you're on the pendulum of how much they've helped people get together and how much they've just sat back and let it happen, they're way on that side of just sit back and let it happen. We need a little bit more help here. Yeah. <laughs> Getting people together. Well, good. I'm glad that they're, they're taking that. So, yeah. um, 
Another thing is you can use custom lineages from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Um, that's the way we're going. That's the I way mean, that's things the way the are moving. Going. So why That'll not? Six E, I bet for sure. Yeah, Six E yeah. is going to be completely lineage based. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, they're like, here's what we recommend if you're going to play a dwarf, but but here's what you can alter because that's what <laughs> yeah. people want. So, um, PHB plus one is gone. So now you Needs can use be. all of these rules from uh, the player's handbook. Tasha's yeah. Cauldron of Everything, Mordekane's Tome of Foes. It makes sense in the beginning. Those first few years, you have 5e out, first two years. You want to limit it because your DMs are new to the system, and it's crazy for them. But now we're out long enough. The DMs are comfortable with the rules. It doesn't really matter how many more subclasses they, because the rules are still pretty consistent that as a DM, you can figure it out. Well, and so more, I think more that's than, good that that's gone. More than DMs, I think it was a way for players to not be overwhelmed. It's like, sure. here's the, here's the player's handbook. This is what you use to make a game or make a character. Mm -hmm. And they added the plus one just so the, like, I don't know, people that are more familiar with D and D it's like, but I want, I want these spells from this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think it was, but now they don't, you know, if I can go and I can be level five, like go and be level five. I want a Volo race, but I want a Tasha class. Yeah. But I couldn't do that before. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. That drove um, me crazy. And now it feels like just about every race is like yeah. open. So yeah. I want to play a bugbear, but I want to play you know a, a, you know. a blade singer bugbear. Yeah. Bug or something. Yeah. <laughs> something. Um, so that that makes sense. Uh, they also say that they're opening up certain variant rules, which is uh, I only bring this up because specifically in Sword Coast Adventures Guide, the winged tieflings were like nope can't be a winged tiefling because they didn't want people to fly but now that says that it's available so yep. like going back to allowing flying so <laughs> yep. i've let it in my storm king's thunder game and it w there was no abusive use of it that it mattered that i could see that they could overdo it there was no i played in aarakocra in 10 levels of dungeon of the mad mage mm -hmm. and at no part has my dm like thrown his keyboard and said god the eric coker got him past the, <laughs> the thing again well you don't and see him at night when he's crying in his pillow <laughs> yeah. and he's just no, like he's oh, more concerned they got about away. the yeah he's more concerned about the the multi-classed barbarian fighters hit point pool reaching 200 you know and everything have you know something mm -hmm. like that is more game breaking than you know, super high AC kit. That's what's broken the game for us a little bit from a DM perspective is our guys that have gotten AC 24 yeah, or AC 25 people. That's that's game breaking. Don't have that in your game. <laughs> not the not the wings of the air. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can be the turtle. You can do all, everything's open, which is kind of fun, which is cool. uh, it'll be really cool. Any race or backgrounds in any official adventure published by Wizards of the Coast is available so you can play anything. Uh, I'm curious. That, well, and then they said, and here are these optional rules that are available. Um, the Blessed of Coralon, uh, and then you can customize your origin, half-elf and tiefling variants, which we just mm -hmm. talked about the tiefling variant. The only one that was really spooky was the the flight one, or that's what they were limiting before. Um, I had to look up Blessed of Coralon. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't even remember. Like, is that, a, is that a function? That's in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. And if you are a blessed of Coraline, when you take a long rest, you can change your sex from male to female. And oh, so I don't remember that. It's just okay. like a little flavor thing that you sure. can do. 
uh, and I was like, okay, that's cool. So they're they're. I thought that was that. with the Eladrian, but I didn't realize it was just a uh, okay. No, you can be like an elf that's just blessed, and they say drow cool. that are blessed that way. Uh, looking it up, they said that drow that are blessed that way because being able to swap your sex would uh, really throw drow society up in the air because they're matriarchal societies. So a lot of those drow leave because they're scared of being killed or something. Sure, sure, sure. I was like, okay. Um, you now level up when you finish an adventure. So like I play this adventure when it's done, boom, I gain a level. Uh, no more yeah. tracking experience points. Just the more you play, the more you, you level. Play that it's adventure, very clear that I will get to level two by the end of this day kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And, you're, and all of the adventures are designed to be, you play this adventure and you're done, you know? Yeah. So. Why not do it that way? And then all you have to write down on your sheet, an adventure log, I played this one, that's how I'm level two. I played yep. this one, that's how I'm level three. I played this one, that's how I'm level four. Yep. Uh, there are story awards. There are money awards. It all has like a little bit of rules for this. Yeah, they but said everything... take away the gold limit because yeah. why have a gold limit? What does that matter? You know, really? I mean, sure, a DM, I guess, in Adventure League could be dumb and give their players 500,000 gold on the first adventure, but who's going to do that? And why? Well, again, they're playing <laughs> like written yeah. adventures, so there's not going to be 5,000 gold, hypothetically, but Hopefully not. Um, you have a magic item limit. So you can only have so many magic items. Uh, there are common item limits, uh, but those are higher. And then you have a consumable limit. So I can't have uh, more than 10 potions is what it looks like, basically. Uh, or scrolls or something else that's a consumable magic yeah. item. And, and attunement but. helps keep that under control. That helps it keep from Well, this isn't even attunement. Is <laughs> this is just... A magic right. item limit, you know, which got me yeah. thinking about artificers. Like if I make my magic item, does that count to the magic item limit? There weren't any rules about that in here, so I don't know for sure. But uh, yeah, probably at the bottom, it said you can't play artificer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BK Dan, so the player's guide is on the Discord. I don't have a link to it because you have to go to their Discord. Go to the D. &D you have Discord. to. Uh, select, hey, I want to be a part of Adventure League content. And then they have a pinned post in that sub-Discord, that channel, that has the information. So, but yeah, no more hoarding potions that you will we'll never use. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, uh, and then activity. this is, maybe I'm reading this wrong, so I wanted to talk to you about it, but this is about magic items. So whenever your party, I'll read it right now. Whenever your party finds a magic item during play, the party determines who has it for the remainder of the adventure. At the end of the adventure, any number of characters may keep the magic item if it wasn't consumed or destroyed during play. Now, does that mean if I find the Ring of Winter and we finish that you just campaign... just go right to a big relic, right? <laughs> well, we finish that campaign. Does yeah. it duplicate? Can everybody take it? Like, I was reading that as I found a magic item. When mm. we finish the adventure, it's now, like, anyone can say, well, now I want that magic item, and everybody gets it because you were all part of that adventure. And so I didn't know if it duplicated or if it was like, no, it's a single I, I want to change your example for a second. Yeah. Change your example to a plus one ring of protection. Okay. So I think the way it is is, yes, one of us at the table gets it for the rest of the adventure, our armor class changes for one. And then when we're done and we all leave and we're going to our next convention, if we want, we all get a copied 
Yeah. Plus one ring that we add to our character. Yeah. Now, I'm sure what they're going to do is when they have legendary named items with like the Ring of Winter, I bet there's going to be like the stipulation they used to have before, which was this is an item that can't be brought to another campaign. Like you get it in the one you're in, but it can't be brought to another or something. I, I'm almost sure they will limit certain things if it's more legendary or named. Then if it's just plus one shield, plus one sword or potion of heroism. Yeah. Nobody used it. It wasn't broken. We all walk away with the potion of heroism at that point. Yeah. And I, okay. And that's how I was interpreting it, but it, it, and it seems fair and awesome. I like that mm-hmm. where it's like, Hey, we found this. I'm actually never going to play with you guys again. Yeah, I'm not going to see you guys. Uh, I'm really sad that so-and-so got the plus one ring of protection. I wanted that. And now I, mm-hmm. I get it, you know, get and that's cool. It. Yeah. There's no, and the magic it. item limit stops you from, Hoarding, crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I have um, a Vorpal sword, and I have yeah. flame tongue, and I have, you know, she, no. You're like, nope. Attunement shuts all that down. <laughs> it does say legendary magic items can only be possessed by tier four characters, so level sixteen to twenty. Yeah. So I think the same rules apply. It's just not everyone will get those. You know. Yeah. I or you can't use them, and, and it literally won't work until you're level sixteen. So. Yeah, yeah. Here's a wish scroll. They'll yeah. say something like. This one you can't bring to another campaign, or they'll they'll have a little. They money. might, yeah. We'll see. They'll have exception rules, I'm sure. So but most yeah. of it. That's kind of what I went through. Uh, you can also trade magic items, which is kind of cool. You can, uh, if they have to be of the same tier, so legendary for legendary, uncommon for uncommon. But like, yeah, if I have this and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm not using this as much as I thought, you can chain trade, and that does involve uh, like swapping your certificates and stuff, and there's a whole process to document it because that's the whole point of Adventure League is it's all documented because you go to a new table. But yeah, uh, so I this actually kind of makes me interested in playing Adventure League again, like especially if they got those organizing rules out where I would know if I'm playing tonight or not. So. Yeah, I'm always curious that if they're going to try to update how Adventure League runs, then I'm curious because we've said this before on many of our shows. Paizo has done a fantastic job, from what I can tell, looking from the outside in on their live play games at conventions. They Their tables and the amount of games they run is crazy huge, yeah. on par or bigger than the D&D press that I've seen at most conventions. Like, they... And people are loving running those Pathfinder games and those uh, what they call their adventure, their adventure lines. Pathfinder they, they Society, their I think. Yeah. yeah, Pathfinder Society, but then their adventures have a name too. Um, I forget what it is, but there's a huge group. So they figured it out some way. There's a lot of interest and a lot of people playing that. I'm I'm thinking Wizards can you know try to match something like that. So I'm happy to see them making changes. So anyway, that's that's it in a nutshell. I mean, that was kind of long winded, I guess. But like, uh, I think it's a it's a really good change. And it it really feels like somebody was just had had this on autopilot and nobody thought to look at Adventures League and be like, can we make this better? You know, like, I wonder. And now it's now it's like there's somebody in charge who's like, I I can make it better. (laughs) So that's good. Uh, Probably a welcome change, I should say. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the, some of the stuff we did during the week. Um, Lucian, did you play any games? What's going on in the world of, of Sir Lucian? Well, we, we did not play Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We were a little sad. We've had, um, one of our players is going through 
medical stuff at the moment, so we're we're kind of hit and miss over yeah. the last few. So that's been kind of sad. Adventure um, path says through it. Adventure path. I was yeah. um, hoping they pull through it, so it it'll be a lot better because we're we're ten, almost going down to the eleventh level of Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We're getting into that some really good stuff, and we're fighting really cool monsters I've never gotten to fight in any other campaign anywhere. So I'm super interested, and I love my character. I love my Twilight cleric to death, right? So, but I didn't get to play that. But we had talked and we had hyped up Pathfinder news last week, um, and then I said, "Well, you know, the big thing that's on the path everybody's radar as far as Pathfinder at the moment is Wrath of the Righteous, which is the new CRPG game that they just put out." And I bought it, picked it up, started playing it, and man, I mean, you could see from me posting on Discord. It's really, I really liked it. I thought it was really good and it's really interesting. So I've played a ton of Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous so far. And it's it's crazy because I don't know how to describe, imagine playing role-playing games and you like them, but you've <laughs> only been introduced to, let's say, Kids on bikes you played, you played Monster Hearts, you played Monster of the Week, you played um, Tales from the Loop, you know, lots of cool stuff, lots of fun stuff, your DMs are great. But then you get handed the Dungeons and Dragons book, and there's all those characters and all those subclasses and all those races in there, Mm -hmm. all the feats, all the spell lists, things that you don't get where you go, whoa, most books we pick up, you have some options, but not the number of options that Wizards of the Coast gives you, right? Paizo is going like gun for gun or bullet for bullet with them as far as, oh, you have this many options? Let us show you options. Well, I think <laughs> yeah. that was their, like, that's how they made money, you know? Yeah. You make they make book after book after book. Yeah. And, yeah. So you stumble across something that's of the quality of a Wizards of the Coast. Um, it's been out, it's Pathfinder 1E, the game is based on. So obviously it's based on a lot of the content that came out for first edition. Um, and it's just these cool classes that are named things like Magus and Inquisitor and Fighter and Ranger and Hunter and Rogue. And But then they have archetypes, which are their subclasses, you know? So then you're like, oh, I could be this thing. So I could be this but then there's this piece and then there's the different races that you can pick their feat list is enormous it matches the 3.5 dungeons and dragons feat list not take take 5e feat list and go on steroids basically um the only thing i've seen that seems to be a little bit less is spell lists don't seem to be as big like the cantrip list doesn't seem to be as big in Pathfinder 1E as it was in Dungeons and Dragons. So that's one one area I'm seeing not quite as many spells that I that I want. But what could I do? So I've got to play the game. Um, I built a halfling cavalier that rides a big mastiff dog nice. and actually rides it in the game. Can run up and stab people and do stuff with it. Um, it's a you could choose the cavalier as a class and play it. Or you can choose to put an archetype on it that changes the class a little bit. So it's still a cavalier, but there's something modified about it. You you remove one thing, but you add something else to it. And so you get a little bit different flavor. So I chose the Beast Rider version of cavalier, which makes my uh, mount get a lot of abilities later on. So there's a lot of stuff emphasizing the mount. 
and the mount gets its own class. Oh. So there's five or six different classes that the mount can choose. And I chose racer to give it the most mobility possible. So it's about a lot of mobility, but you can do like a juggernaut or you can do vicious or you can do these other things. You can make it different types of pets and stuff. So they have a really strong pet mechanic going on in the game. So I made a halfling cavalier beast rider and in the game, I tried to make characters that I played in Dungeons and Dragons first. Cause that's what you go. Oh, I got to try to make my, you know, my rat check. I got to try to make my Eric or mm-hmm. my ASMR Vanguard. They didn't have Eric Coker, So I have not tried to make my arcane archer yet. Um, I'll get to that in a second. So I want to make the battle mage was the next one I chose because I played it. I know how it should play or how I liked it to play. Now I want to see how it was going to play or translate into the pathfinder rules, or at least into this version of that. The Cavalier played really well, probably plays even better than it does in Dungeons and Dragons, the way the rules are written at the moment. So I'm really happy with that halfling Cavalier so far. I built an ASMR Magus using the archetype Armored Battle Mage. This allows him to wear heavier armors and still cast spells. Uses a sword in one hand and casts spells in the other hand. As like, normally it's like two... the way I'm understanding it is it's two weapon fighting, right? Except instead of a dagger, I'm shooting my spell off. Oh, that's So that's cool. my light weapon, right? So I still have my sword attack. So that's what that one is. But there's some weird mechanics. I'm still trying to figure out how to get it to work just right in the game. So, and I had that in uh, Dungeons & Dragons when we played, um, we went down to the Tomb of Annihilation. I played a wizard war mage for Dungeons and Dragons. So that was kind of the equivalent I was trying to go for. So I could basically make it. It was an ASMR. I could get the stats I wanted. I could take some of the feats I wanted that were very similar. So I'm, I'm able to pretty much create that character. <clears throat> this morning when I signed in, I wanted to create um, the arcane archer and I couldn't do it because for whatever reason, I couldn't find a sharpshooter feat, which is what I really need <laughs> to make my arcane archer work well. So I have to dig into it a little bit more to see if I can make that work but I'm not sure that one's going to translate very well. So I'll have to keep digging. The rest of today is going to be about building characters I didn't play or couldn't play in Dungeons and Dragons. So these, I wanted to go through the list and say, oh, wait, they have a witch class. You can't play a witch class in Dungeons and Dragons. What is this? What can I do with this thing or that thing? Um, so I want to, that's what I was going to dedicate today to. Um, it's very Dungeons and Dragons-like because you're rolling D20s, You have DC against skills. You have the same stats. You have many feats that you're used to. Almost the spell lists are pretty identical, and you you have an understanding of what those spells do. So if you like Dungeons & Dragons, you're going to be able to fit in and understand what's going on in Pathfinder, but there's still a lot of depth there, and there's a lot of newness to it that is very interesting. So I'm giving this game already, I've played 9 or 10 hours, a huge two thumbs up. I think it's a game that people should buy. I think it's a game that I think you would love to play. The UI is beautiful in this game. I would love other games to have the same UI. Hmm. The music's good. Great voice acting in the first chapter so far. If you're somebody who loves character options, this is it. Um, You can do two types of combat. There's a real-time combat and there's a turn-based combat. So real time, they just do their thing and there's an AI that runs your party members and you can click on things to 
to have them do some stuff, but there's an AI kind of running your party as they swarm forward and attack whatever's out there. And you can kind of set up formations and you can tell them you want them to use certain things at certain times. So you can kind of fine tune it, but it's a little bit quicker, a little bit faster based. And you don't have as much stuff you're doing. But if you want to be able to control every little thing, you can do that too. So you can okay. go back between those two. And that seems um, pretty typical. I think... Uh, uh, Dragon something. Dragon Age was like that, I think. Dragon yeah. Age Origins, where you could like control one person or everybody if you wanted to. So it's just yeah. kind of how you want Games play. this is similar to. Um, Divinity Sin. Divinity Sin 2. Very similar to Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate, I feel like in this one, the difference is the camera's a little further out. And you're, you have much more control. I don't know. I guess you have the same control over the party. Baldur's Gate feels a little bit more story-focused. And I think the graphics are a little bit higher level, but still a great game. I'm loving Baldur's Gate. I'm playing a druid through that also. Nice. Um, these are the other ones that are there. So I'm enjoying it. It's a cool look at what Pathfinder 1E is. This game is really good. A lot of and people. What's said, the name of the game again? Uh, Wrath of the Righteous. Wrath of the Righteous. Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. Now, other people, one question that comes up a lot well, they did Pathfinder Kingmaker. Yeah. Should I play that one first? And what I'm seeing from a lot of the people that have played both and played it a lot, they're saying there's no reason that you should have to go back to the first. And if you're going to start with either one first, play Wrath of the Righteous yeah, first. Yeah, and I heard Kingmaker had buggy. problems. Like It's not yeah. as, yeah, they not said as there's buggy. a love-hate. Yeah. yeah, there's a love-hate relationship I've heard with the other one. You, It's good. They'll always say it's a good game, but it's got things that are going to annoy you, right? Whereas this one, they didn't run into that. So they said, start with this one and then go to that one. You'll be ready for it. Um, so what kinds of questions do you have, Mr. I'm a Dungeons and Dragons player. And this guy is talking to me about some Pathfinder game that's trying to do what I know Dungeons and Dragons does. Uh, I'll be honest. I have, I have no questions. no questions. I was just <laughs> curious about the game and like how you're having fun. Okay. And it, I, it seems like it would be something uh, that I would like to play. Uh, I think you would I love the character of the Pathfinder 1E stuff in it, or if it's limited in some know. way. Yeah. Like classes and races, what I'm it's talking about. It's humongous. So. You have the class and you can play the class and it has everything you need to play it. Then you can do an archetype that switches it. So there must have been 17 classes. So Dungeons Dragons has 12, right? Once we add an artificer, artificer in, yeah. 13 with artificer, they're at least at 17 or 20 ish. And then the archetypes that you can add to those, there's at least five to six archetypes per one of those. Yeah. And you can multi-class at any point. So I would be curious. I think you would like it just for the character generation screen, just to go through that and play around with it and see all the things you can do and the huge feat list and the huge spell list and all the stuff you can do. It's been fun. I've spent more time creating characters than anything so far, but I have played through the first at, or the first part. It's been fun. I'm enjoying the story. I'm going to play a bunch more of it today and this whole weekend. I'm going to get a bunch in. Nice. Um, and I'm playing two playthroughs in making different choices and doing some different stuff oh, okay. to see how the game reacts and does different things. So it's pretty fun. Cool. I'm enthralled. Very cool. But what did Jordan play? Oh, man. Over the week. Uh, I played in my, my Thursday game is now a Tuesday game. <laughs> uh, okay. and I actually had to stay home and care for, uh, Oliver, but he was asleep. My boy, my little, my little Sleepy toddler boy. son. 
Um, and we uh, Skyped me in to the conversation, so or to the game. So they had a, we got a tablet, and then they we used Google Meets, and they showed me the board, and then I would I was able to listen to everybody through the tablet. So I was at my computer, and I was able to still play, which was fun. Uh, we're in a spell jamming ship that's like hopping the planes, and we got pulled over by a Modron cop. And they were like, you're going about uh, 12 plane hoppings per hour, and we needed you to go. The minimum is 10. And we're like, what? And so we got a ticket, and we had to go to Modron Court. And and I was like, this is why I love D&D. This is so funny. So DM Nathan put this all together, and we had to go to court. And the court uh, whole game was us defending ourselves in court. And the idea was is that we could only use intelligence checks to uh, battle. So it's like, I have to use my intelligence to battle your intelligence, but we take real psychic damage Mm -hmm. as we're doing this. So the Modrons would get up and be like, well, this is clearly the defense, blah, blah, blah. Then we would get up and be like, no, 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 no. Um, But DM Nathan said that we could do a... uh, if If we utilize a skill that we're proficient in we can have advantage on the intelligence check. Um, and so I would say, well, I want to use persuasion and I would try to do this and, mm-hmm. and defend myself in the court. And then if it was high enough, uh, I would do um, damage to the Modrons. Uh, it was really fun. It was kind of, it was a different way of doing that because I don't think any of us were good at intelligence checks. Um, mm-hmm. We're all charisma or strength-based characters. <laughs> so everyone's like, wait, what? Uh, but it was a lot of fun, and we ended Battle up we ended bits. up winning, and we got past the Modrons, and so I think now we're either on the outskirts of Mechanus or we're in Mechanus, and we have to decide: do we hop back in our plane jumper, plane hopper, and go other places? So, God, yeah, I, a brand new mini game just jumped into my brain from what you said. So, there's a court case. And it has a number of hit points. Yeah, and that was exactly the prosecution that. when they damage you guys. That hit point number goes up, and the case gets stronger and stronger. Oh, yeah. But when we have defense, then that goes down, and it's a battle of time to see can you either get it down to zero and we win, or have they built it up so much that it's resisted all of our all of our shenanigans and we lose the court. Case. Well, I'm, I'm going to do this funny. even better. I'm going to do this even better. So <laughs> what if you raised or lowered that, yeah. that bar? And then after so many rounds, that bar number would turn into a modifier that the, that the jury rolls. Yes. And then if you're above or below, whatever that mod, make, make it 50, 50 too. Like yeah, one to yeah. 10. You when go you to start out, it could go anyway. Yeah. 11 to whatever. But if you get the modifier, oh, you have a plus three to that modifier, and then you roll that, and now it's a 13, you go to jail. Like, that would be really cool. That so, is funny. Yeah. And it's all like Battle of the Wits, Battle yep. of the... Yeah, yep. that's really good. Nicely um, done. I, I think that would be... Like, yeah. So, <laughs> and then last night, I played in our uh, uh, Eberron game that Kugo the Mighty is running. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. And it turned... Uh, we didn't stream it, though. Uh, but he did record it, and he's going to put it on YouTube. Um, but it was a really interesting one because our cleric of the Silver Flame decided to renounce the Church of the Silver Flame. And all of us were just like, what? But he had very logical things. He's like, I joined the church for these reasons, and you guys are running it like a tyrannical church. Like, you're just being 
you're harassing people. You're not helping anyone. I want to help mm -hmm. people. And so I think he'll still be a cleric, but mm -hmm. he's no longer associating with the church. And it was a, it was a really interesting story that we had <laughs> last night. So uh, I, I don't want to talk about it in depth, but we, whenever it comes out, we sh you should check it out. It's been a lot of yeah, fun. That sure. game. Um, and then I'm just prepping Dungeon Crawl Classics. I'm going to, we got a game tomorrow. I'm going to work on it tonight, draw a bunch of maps. I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. uh, they're mm -hmm. going to finish the funnel of Sailors on the Starless Sea, and then we're going to jump forward and uh, either go to Hot Springs Island or we'll see if something else pops into my head between now and tomorrow. But yep. yeah, I got I did uh, forget a to cloth mention. map of Hot Springs Island. I put a picture on YouTube about it or on uh, Twitter because I looked online and they were like, oh yeah, this is like the new updated map and it's, we got a cloth one available and I'm like buying it 100%. So I picked that up, <laughs> it was really cool. I did forget to mention, um, because we didn't play on Tuesday, some of the players were still around. So I grabbed my Fall of the Delta Green book and I started flipping through it. This is a role-playing game, Fall of the Delta Green. It's a... Uh, the picture kind of tells you everything. Oh, That's yeah, a Vietnam jungle with a purple tentacle and slapping a uh, helicopter yeah. down. Great. Um, so I kind of flipped through it and I was like, I was, I was with the characters like, Hey guys, um, you know, just, just offhand. What, uh, what government agency do you work for right now? And, and they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, if you work for a government agency, which one it would be. And one of the guys like, oh, I don't know, park ranger or something like that. I'm like, okay, write that down. And the guy's like, I don't know, CIA. I'm like, okay, write that down. And I was like, okay, so CIA guy, pick two of these five skills. And these are all like, what are you doing? And we're all of a sudden, we're, I'm having to build characters. That's fun. So the idea I'm thinking is, is that I'm going to run a modified kind of fall of the Delta Green campaign mm -hmm. on nights where we're missing somebody. Do one shot, one off. Oh, yeah, those are fun. Sessions where it doesn't matter who's there because this is all about a group of agents comes together for a specific instance. They investigate it, something happens, and then you're done. Mm -hmm. And then you, it could be different group. It could be different people the next time. It could be whatever, because it's like an X-File episode or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is based off of the Gumshoe um, game system that I had not played before, yeah. but I've heard of. Yeah. And it is very interesting because Gumshoe is a lot about playing mysteries and playing investigative type games yeah. so this is it was been interesting reading this and seeing how they do there's two parts of the game investigation and then the actual encounter of okay we've done all the investigation all the planning now what's going to happen now that we're going to go in and do the bust right or yeah. whatever um so it's been very interesting I, i'm excited to see when we get to play this and again i feel like I, what i want to do is i want to prep it enough that if somebody's missing on our normal D, &D night I can just say, all right, park ranger, CIA agent, and Mr. FBI guy, you just got a phone call that said, meet here, and you recognize it as a Delta Green call-up, you know, like you're yeah. part of a, of a secret organization that investigates oddities, things that normal government can't handle. Yeah. You know, and you yeah, I, I like the gumshoe system. Uh, specifically, I was turned on to it from Bubblegum Shoe, which is like okay. the, the kid version of it. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it was similar to like kids on bikes and stuff, but it's like you're solving uh, mysteries, but they're like really important to like kids, basically. Right. And I yeah, just yeah, thought yeah. that was a clever name, Bubblegum Shoe. Yeah. So. 
who's stealing all the bikes in town. Yeah. Uh, there's a big bike mystery going yeah. on. And yeah. What's happening. I love it. Uh, yeah, so that's our show. If you guys are interested mm-hmm. in uh, the Dungeon Crawl Classics game that I am running, um, I will be doing some... Uh, streaming or... Not streaming, but I will recording. be doing some campaign diaries on campaign diaries. the Jordan Jocular Junction. So if you're not subscribed to that, I will put a link in the chat and you guys can go and subscribe. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. What's that? One more thing. Go um, ahead. Me and you have been interested in 4E... Dungeons yeah. and Dragons 4E. Matt Colville has just started posting videos of them playing a 4E campaign with yeah. his group. With uh, so if you're Justice interested, and Dale Kingsmill and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you He says it, it starts out. out rough because they're learning um, Fantasy Grounds and the 4E system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be surprised if it, do- it feels a little clunky in the beginning. But he says once they hit... But that like can that be good to learn session, from too. So yeah. yeah. But he says once they hit that third session... He says, you can really see this game come alive. And I'm interested to see it because I have wanted to play a 4E game because I've not been able to form an opinion on 4E because I've never got to play it. Yeah. And I don't want to take everybody else's opinion. I want to play it to form my own. So I think, point, I think you would like 4E. So I want to play it. <laughs> okay. Take us out. All right. That's our game, everybody. We will talk to you next week uh, with whatever news and stuff we find shenanigans uh, regular shenanigans but until then stay awesome and have a great day bye bye everybody